You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 111, and today we're diving into organic foods and if they're really worth the cost. Stay tuned to find out the answer. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to the show. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today, we're breaking down a very controversial subject, one that we have talked about previously on the podcast. But today, my hope is rather than igniting more controversy is that I empower you to make your own decisions, to not choose size, but lay out the truth and the signs on what I know biologically speaking and help you make the most informed decision for you and your family. Along with this, I'll also be giving you some very practical and affordable tips on how you can take this information and actually put it into practice. And of course, I'm going to tell you what side I'm on. But before we get into today's show, I did want to thank our sponsor, Teamy. Teamy is an all-natural tea company on a mission to not just tell people about change, but to help make change happen. I love this company and what they can do. You may also know how much I love tea, so adding Teamy products to my everyday life was just easy. One of my favorite products is their cleansing package. This cleansing package fits perfectly into my next announcement, but you're going to have to wait a second to find that out. But these cleansing packages comes with two different tea blends, Teamy Skinny, which is taken first thing in the morning, and Teamy Colon, which is taken in the evening hours. Teamy Skinny is a tea that can replace your coffee, providing extra energy, suppress your cravings, and get rid of extra bloat. I mean, all the things I'm looking for first thing in the morning. Then at night, you finish your day with Teamy Colon, which will help provide necessary support to your body's detoxification pathways. These tea blends are made up of many different varieties of teas, making this complete system so easy you can't not add it to your everyday life. If you want to check out my favorite teas, go to teamyblends.com, that's T-E-A-M-I-B-L-E-N-D-S.com to grab your own cleansing package. And don't worry, if detoxing is not your thing, you can grab a variety of other delicious teas designed for relaxation, energizing, and even one for nursing mamas, and so much more. So again, get all this information, learn more about them, and grab that cleansing package, especially if you're going to be joining me in the Simple Cleanse coming up in a few short weeks at teamyblends.com. That brings us to announcement number two. The Simple Cleanse is launching in just a couple of weeks. Now, granted, you can do the Simple Cleanse, which is my 28-day cleanse program that requires no tinctures, no supplements, nothing crazy. It literally just provides the foundation of diet, exercise, and the lifestyle component that so many other detoxification programs forget is that lifestyle mindset aspect that we hit on really hard inside this program. Anyways, you can do this program at any time, but in two weeks, we are going through it together. I am doing it with you, which means you have more access to me, more ideas coming your way, and a lot of other good resources. So if you want to sign up for the Simple Cleanse, it really is at the lowest price it's ever going to be at. It's a super inexpensive investment. You really just need to get involved, not to mention you have it for life and I guarantee results or I just buy it back from you. So there really is no reason why you shouldn't try it out. I can assure you, you can make life changes inside this simple course. Plus, what's even better is that your entire family can do it, even your kiddos. I can assure you that during this course, I will not be making multiple dinners simply because my kids 
can't do what I'm doing. No, 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 no. I don't have time for that. And I know you don't either. And that's one of the reasons I created this program because I really believe that clean eating does not have to put your life on hold and that you can live and actually live more even doing this. So that's my hope with the Simple Cleanse. If you want to get involved and if you want to join me in just a few short weeks, head on over to simplerootswellness.com to sign up. You can also find all the information in the show notes at simplerootswellness.com backslash 111. And today you're going to learn, is cleansing right for you? Because as we talk about organic versus inorganic foods and what you should buy and what you should believe, we really are gonna look at the detoxification pathways because that's where all this philosophy and all these thoughts on chemicals and toxins, that's the biological process that we have to look at and understand, can our body handle these things? And is there any difference to our body? So that's what we're gonna dive into. We're gonna talk more about cleansing. So by the end of the show, you're gonna know, yes, I wanna do that cleanse, my body needs it, or maybe you're doing okay, and maybe you just need to grab, you know, the Timmy's cleanse package, or, you know, just imply other little lifestyle practices into your everyday life. But again, if you wanna join me, I would love to have you at simplerootswellness.com to get more information. And if you've already purchased the Simple Cleanse, why don't you dig it back out? Join us again to go through that. You have no cost to you. You get the additional bonuses that will be given out during this course. So, That's the last announcement. Now let's get right to the show. So today we're gonna talk about organic. Do you need to be buying organic produce and organic foods in general? Now, here's the thing. We're gonna dive into this subject in a lot of different angles. There is one subject when it comes to organic that we're not gonna hit very hard because I think it could be its own podcast. And that has to do with genetically modified foods or genetically engineered foods as well. So we're not gonna really touch on that. I might define them and tell you how they're a little bit different from organic and and other things. I'm also gonna have a scientist who's gonna come on later this year into early next year, who's going to talk more about it from the perspective of being a scientist and and doing this as his career. So I really like to get all opinions before I make my judgment um, and just know that the world is constantly changing, science is constantly changing, and it almost seems impossible to keep up with it. Here's what I want you to know, is I think the way nature intended it is always going to be best. So real wholesome products are always going to be best and our lack of healthy eating is still a larger factor in death rates than the chemical load alone. So we still are seeing more people die from heart disease and diabetes, which are directly related to our diet and lifestyle, as opposed to things like cancers that maybe could be linked more to the toxic load. I don't want this to scare you. If you cannot afford organic produce, the the moral of the story is there's ways around this and that we should all be eating more produce in general. Because if you get into statistics, the first thing I want you to know is that 80% of the toxic load coming from our food actually doesn't come from produce at all. It comes from meats and protein sources, as well as packaged and processed foods. So only a very small percentage, like 10 to 15% of all the pesticide and toxic compounds that are coming into our body via food are actually coming from our produce. Almost all that is coming from our protein sources, which make up a really large percentage of that. And then you add on top of that, those processed foods. So if you're concerned about this, really at the end of the day, the produce isn't generally the issue. It has to do with our protein sources, which we're gonna talk about here. And then of course, processed foods. So let's get into this. First, I wanted to define what is organic. 
Simply stated, organic produce and other ingredients are grown without the use of pesticides, synthetic fertilizers, sewage sludge, genetically modified organisms, or ionizing radiation. They're also animals, like if we get into the meat or the poultry definition of that, that's animals that are produced without any antibiotics or growth hormones. They also have to eat an organic diet. So organic is really the foundation of Uh, or came to be because people wanted to help the environment. It's a more natural approach to agriculture that involves crop cycling and manure spreading and just using natural sources to better the soil. So organic farming tends to have more of the conservative conservation approach to farming versus the conventional, which tends to be faster, bigger, better, stronger, whatever that is, right? Like, more, 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 more. Now, I don't want to throw any farmers under the bus because I live in agriculture central of America and I get asked this question all the time, like, is where I'm living killing me? Well, quite possibly, but I really do believe that there's some adaptation to where you were born and raised um, that your body can naturally handle those things maybe better than someone who would move into this region. But again, that's a subject for another day. So we have defined organic as ingredients used without any quote-unquote chemicals conventionally grown is that they can use genetically modified seeds and plants. They can also use pesticides and herbicides and other things and fertilizers to help their crops grow, again, quicker, faster, with higher yields, all the things that we're looking for. Now, the problem with these conventional crops and animal products is that they can tend to contain a lot of these pesticides and herbicides. Now, I speak all of this as one of the largest lawsuits to date in this area of field has come out. And that was uh, just done about a month ago, I think around the beginning of August, where a judge in San Francisco awarded a former school groundskeeper $289 million after he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, claiming that Monsanto had not pressed how harmful the chemicals could really be when he was handling them. And the judge awarded him $289 million. A man won a lawsuit against Monsanto, which has made national news, worldwide news, because this has really not been done before. So far, Monsanto has run the the business of herbicides and pesticides and and quote-unquote conventional farming Um, to a degree. And I think that this really woke up a lot of America. It woke up people to realize that there has to be a lot of data backing this man who has non-Hodgkin's lymphoma to come in and win a court case against Monsanto, one of the most powerful businesses in all the world. And, And he won, right? And so what does that tell us? That there is a lot of science coming out that fertilizers and pesticides and herbicides are really not great for our body. Now, with that being said, any kind of chemical that we can encounter at a high enough dose can be fatal or can cause harm, right? Like even good things can turn bad at the wrong dosage. So we see this all the time in nutrients, right? Some fat-soluble nutrients, which um, all toxins are fat-soluble. So we're especially going to see this in fat-soluble things. But if we're consuming too many fat-soluble vitamins, we can reach toxic levels. Now, not all toxicity results in death, but it does come along with symptoms. We can even see this with water. If people are consuming too much water, you can actually see death results in this. Occasionally, one or two times throughout the year, you will see someone who has died of water toxicity. I mean, so anything can really cause a toxicity in the body. So when we look at toxins, we have to understand where they relate. So it's less about the quote-unquote toxin. Yes, there are some that are more powerful and potent, 
But really what we have to look at is the health of the human. We're all going to react differently to these chemicals and also the frequency and dosage in which we experience these chemicals. Maybe I shouldn't say experience because experience sounds like something that should be fun and freeing. So not experience, but the frequency and quantity in which we ingest these chemicals. A toxin is dangerous, but yet it depends on the frequency and dosage. And the toxic load is really what we're the most concerned about when it comes to organic versus inorganic produce and animal products and just food in general, right? Because we're looking at non-organic products as having more chemicals, as, as having genetically modified ingredients involved in them. And that is what's alarming. That's maybe what's linking all these other diseases and things like dementia and Alzheimer's and cancers and autism and all these other things back to just a toxic load on our body. That's what I really want to break down today because if we don't even look at the environmental effects of the difference between organic crops and conventional farming, if we just look merely at the toxic load alone, that we can see that yes, organic produce and more importantly, organic animal products are really actually pretty beneficial to the body. Now again, everyone's bodies is different and we're all going to interact differently with the different toxins. But here's what I need you to know about toxins in the body. Again, it can be a lot of different chemicals. Even good things can build up over time and be bad for someone else. And so what happens is that toxins, the majority of the time are considered fat soluble. That means when they're fat-soluble is that you can't readily excrete these from the body. Like water-soluble vitamins and minerals, right? What you take in, what your body doesn't need, you just lose. So you'll urinate them out. You might sweat them out. Like your body doesn't need it. It loses it. They're not considered dangerous or harmful, and they definitely can't build up in the body. It's when we move into fat-soluble toxins and chemicals and compounds that can actually create that buildup in the body and become harmful and toxic. So a few things about fat-soluble vitamins and minerals is, is that they can build up in the body. They also can get stored in fat cells. It's one of the reasons they're called fat-soluble. Another reason is they do not dissolve in water. They're not easily excreted because they have to be converted into a, a water-soluble form in order to be excreted. That's how detoxification happens. And so most toxins or dangerous compounds that come into the body are actually fat-soluble, which means that your body's going to take it in. And it's either going to get rid of it or process it through the liver. And if it doesn't have time to do this, if the detoxification pathways are already working and backed up, then your body's going to start storing these toxins in your fat cells and in your liver cells. And so fat-soluble compounds, even good things like vitamins and minerals, can be stored in fatty tissue and in your liver. Now, here's the thing about toxins. When we have this buildup or this load in which it's floating through your bloodstream at toxic levels... Then your body kind of goes into a survival mode or it goes into mass detoxification where it has to start processing things faster. Now, the good thing about this is, is that your body has very intricately designed means of getting rid of excess or toxic metabolites and chemicals in your body. See, even natural metabolism produces metabolites that need to get out of your body, need to be detoxified, or if they stay, can be really harmful. Like everyone's body's producing free radicals in some form and just natural everyday metabolism in the Krebs cycle. But when we overload it with all these toxins coming in, then not only does it have to detoxify the natural metabolites, it also has to detoxify these artificial chemicals and compounds, some of which the body has a hard time recognizing and breaking down. And so not only are these toxins coming from herbicides and pesticides, but we see these things in like BPA and beauty products, and, and we're really bombarded with them all over the place. 
But again, a common place is our food system. And when we ingest them, our body has to, again, detoxify them. So tip number one is that organic produce and animal proteins contain less toxins, which put less of a toxic load on your body. Now, when I say everyone's a little bit different, right? The healthier the person, the more likely they are to handle a higher toxicity to their body. Like their threshold, their toxic threshold is going to be higher than someone who's maybe immune compromised or who maybe has already a lot of stress going on in their body or you're already starting to see symptoms pop up or you're extra fatigued or you've been traveling a lot or you're pregnant or nursing or young children, right? Their threshold is much less for the toxins before we start to see symptoms of toxic overload. But if you're a male, you tend to have a little bit higher threshold or a healthier body. So not everyone's going to react the exact same way. And it's in time, right? Like these toxins we don't normally taste or we feel. And sometimes we don't even feel them for weeks, maybe months or years before then fatigue sets in, then brain fog sets in, then dementia starts to come out, then weight gain starts to happen or the inability to lose weight. And joint pains and inflammation and diseases and things like non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which has been directly linked back to pesticides and herbicides sprayed on our foods. So again, it's all the toxins coming into our body that are really having the effect. One great place that we can control it is in our food. So again, tip number one is that organic produce just has naturally less toxic load placed on our body. Tip number two is that Organic foods have been studied to be healthier, more nutritious than conventionally grown food. Now, this one hasn't been studied in great depth, and there isn't an outstanding difference between organic and conventionally grown food, but there is enough to make it significant that the research showed that, yes, organic produce and foods tend to have more nutrient value than inorganic. So for instance, a recent meta-analysis of over 300 publications compared nutrient content between organic and conventional crops. Overall, antioxidant activity was on average 17% higher in organic crops. Other studies have also indicated that organic crops are more nutritious than inorganic, as is animal proteins. Now, there's some really interesting studies when it comes to things like conjugated linoleic acid, which is a compound that's needed to help protect your muscle mass so that when your body is burning energy, it protects muscle so muscle isn't broken down and converted to energy. It's really beneficial with cardiovascular disease and even people who are trying to lose weight. But conjugated linoleic acid, or CLA, is only found in grass-fed meats not in conventional meats. And that, again, goes back to the diet of the animal, which greatly corresponds to the health of the protein. So we can't just look at one source, right? We have to really relate it all the way back. But that's number two, is that yes, organic produce and animal proteins, especially animal proteins, are actually more nutritious than the conventional brand. Now, one place that I've really found this is in flavor. I feel like organic produce and the ones that I do buy, which I'm going to tell you what I buy organic and what I don't, um, is more flavorful, especially the sweet potatoes. I don't know if anyone has ever gone to the store and just bought regular sweet potatoes and then bought some organic ones. But generally, always what you're going to find is that organic produce is going to have a more vibrant color, of course, unless it's been genetically modified because then they can make it look more vibrant. But for instance, these sweet potatoes were a lot darker in color and they actually had more flavor. Sure, they weren't as big, but they definitely provided the flavor. And generally in nature, the darker the color, the more nutrients that it actually has. So while sweet potatoes aren't on the dirty dozen list, which I'm going to tell you about in a second, 
I do buy them organic because I like the flavor and I can tell that they are more nutritious by just how they look. Another example of color is like egg yolks. So if you're buying organic egg yolks, you'll see that there's a big difference in the color of the yolk. Same goes for butter. So what the darker the color tends to be the healthier the item. So that's just one way to look at it and to visually see what the research is showing is that yes, organic produce and organic animal products tends to be healthier. Maybe not outstandingly healthier, but significantly healthier than conventionally grown produce and animal products. So between tip number one and tip number two is that one, that organic produce has less of a chemical load and number Two is that organic produce tends to be significantly healthier than conventionally grown food. My answer or my philosophy is that I buy as much as I can organic. Now, I'm going to give you some tips to do this because I know that it has to fit in your budget. It has to be affordable and realistic for your family. And yes, organic items, grass-fed meats are going to always cost more. And the reason is, is that it goes all the way back to farming. Farming this way actually costs a lot more money. It, it trickles throughout every process that goes on is that it does cost more. The yields are a little bit less. And so it does come out of the consumer's wallet in some way. But you have to pick and choose what is worth it and what isn't. And for me and my family, what I've learned through my own health journey is that I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars trying to get myself better. And I don't want to believe that my body crashed because I wasn't eating enough organic foods, but definitely the threshold in which my body could withstand before disease became apparent. But I definitely hit the point of my threshold where disease became apparent and my body can no longer keep up and keep itself healthier. And so Buying organic to me is just one way to reduce the load on my body, preventing me from reaching that threshold again because I do not want to go back there. So for me, I pick and choose what's most important. And this is tip number one for you if you're getting started right now is prioritize your purchase. So for me, knowing that 80% of all chemicals in our food system is coming from protein sources, then my number one priority is to buy our protein from really good sources. I never budge on animal protein. So I'm always buying grass-fed organic meats. I'm always buying um, organic butter and um, farm fresh eggs, which we have here at the farm. Um, But I'm never budging on those because I really, really believe that there is a true nutritional value and difference between conventionally raised meats and animal products versus grass-fed organic. So I will always, first of all, in my budget, is that we buy the animal products. Then whatever's left, we trickle down into other products. So of course, in a healthy world, you would buy less processed foods, which again is another great place to find all of these chemicals and other things. And so trying to buy condiments and sauces and dressings and all that stuff. So the packaged foods is my number two place that I look to buy organic or healthier version. So ketchup, trying to buy a healthier source of ketchup or healthier sources of salad dressings or making your own, right? There are a lot of ways to be cost effective with this. You can make your own ketchup, you can make your own dressings, but I try to buy the organic staples And then thirdly, I look at produce. Now, when I'm going to the grocery store and buying produce, I only really buy off of the dirty dozen list. So the EWG, which is the Environmental Working Group, every single year puts out a list of the produce with the highest levels of herbicides and pesticides and basically chemicals that is coming from the USDA. And so right now, this year, the highest pesticide count or the dirty dozen includes strawberries, spinach, nectarines, apples, peaches, pears, 
cherries, grapes, celery, tomatoes, sweet bell peppers, and white potatoes. On the other hand, then they make a list of the cleanest produce where they have the least amount of pesticides and herbicides on them. And that clean 15 list was avocados, pineapple, cabbage, onions, sweet peas, papaya, asparagus, mango, eggplant, honeydew melon, kiwi, cantaloupe, cauliflower, grapefruit, and corn. Which I'm just going to throw out corn from the list because that's a GMO food and they've done a lot of other things to that to make it appear clean. But I have a whole argument why it's not clean which we're going to skip for another day. Maybe I'll answer that on a little bonus episode. But that's the clean 15. So when I go to the store, I look at the Dirty Dozen. Can I pick from the Dirty Dozen and buy that organic? You know, during strawberry season, don't buy strawberries unless they're in season because they're outrageously priced. Anyways, buy organic. You know, we're coming up on fall, so apples are in season. So buy organic apples. Like those are the ones that have the highest content. Those are the ones I focus on. I add sweet potatoes to that list. I buy them organic because I think they taste better and they have a deep color. But outside of that list, you know, avocados, I'm not really looking to buy organic. Pineapple, I'm not looking to see if it's organic. Like I go down that list and anything that's not in that list falls somewhere in the middle, right? It's not the dirtiest dozen, but it's not the cleanest either. And so be your own judge. So tip number two is prioritize your purchase. Again, meats are always first, processed foods, and then produce items. Tip number two is buy in season. I mean, it really seems like a great thing that we have access to unlimited amounts of food all year long, but to our body, this is really not a great thing. There's lots of research coming out in some books that we should eat more seasonally and to our culture. And one of the reasons we think that there's so much inflammation and even the inability to lose weight is simply because we're eating so against our norm of how we were genetically designed here in our epigenetics that we can't process these things well, and therefore it creates problems in our body. So eat seasonally, buy seasonally. It's always going to be cost-effective to do so. And here's the thing. If it's not in season, I always recommend you buy it frozen. And the reason I say that is because generally frozen produce items are picked fresh, then they're processed within a few days and frozen. And this helps preserve the nutrient content and value of that rather than picking it before it's ripe, chemically ripening the produce on the way to the grocery store, and then having it sit there. I mean, some produce items can take up to four weeks to actually hit our grocery store shelves, and that can sit there maybe for another week or two longer. So it can really be six, seven weeks out before you actually eat the produce item. Not to mention, there's been a lot of chemical ripening that's happened along the way. So if it's not in season, I always look for the frozen option. And if it's not frozen, I ask what is in season and eat more of that. Number three to make it more on a budget is to buy generic brands or bulk. I mean, it doesn't have to be name brand. Um, And you can definitely find a lot of like the dry goods pantry staples in bulk. That's what I would recommend. Number four is to keep an eye on sales. So oftentimes when I meal plan is I'll look at the paper and I'll see, um, or our local co-op that has a lot of organic produce, and I'll see what's on sale. Now, I also buy my meat from Wallace Farms, which ships all over the country, so take that and note that they did not pay me to say that. I just dearly love them because you can go on there and buy a package of bacon and you don't have to buy the whole hog, right? Like you can just break it down. They have lamb and seafood and chicken and turkey and beef and pork and like basically everything you can think of. And they have shredded meat. So all you have to do is pop it out. That's already pre-cooked and just warm it up. I mean, lots of good things. But I look at their sales to see what meat's on sale. And then I make my meal plan based on the sales. (laughs) 
And then, of course, number five is to grow your own food. I mean, this is always an option, right? To have a little garden um, or buy from your CSA, which you also need to be aware that they can spray things on their food as well. So just ask questions. If you're at the local farmer's market, ask them about it and see what they do to their foods. So those are the tips to bake it more on a budget. This is not as difficult as you would think. It might take some change and thought, but again, prioritize. Start with one thing and just keep working yourself through that. I can guarantee you, I did not start at this level. It took some time. I actually started with me and then I slowly worked myself to produce. And even at that, I don't always buy organic produce. It's only, again, if it's on the dirty dozen list or what I see and season. That's my goal with it. So those are my tips, and I hope that's encouraging to you and practical ways that you can do this. So my answer is, yes, I think organic is better, but I don't think you always have to buy organic. Again, prioritize. Meat to me is the most important, then processed ingredients, and then produce. To me, that's where it all stems. Again, the research shows that 80% of all of our pesticide and herbicide and chemical load comes from animal products and then processed food. So we need to be aware of that. But more importantly than all of this is just that you eat more real food. The top few causes of death in America today have more to do with diet and lifestyle. So I think rather than being scared of this or worried so much about this is that we have to really just focus on living more of a life towards whole foods. And at that point, once you get into that, then maybe you can start adding more and incorporating more organic produce and products into your everyday life. But the starting point is always more produce, and then from there, adding in what you can. Of course, there's a lot of controversy when it comes to this topic. I'm just presenting it in a way that makes sense for me. So to end this, I just wanna talk about detoxification quickly because there's a lot of crazy thought on detoxification, and it's not always great. But here's the thing about detoxification, is that our body detoxifies naturally every single day. Like this is a natural process that your body already knows how to do. The problem is, is when we consume too many toxins and we have too many toxic thoughts and toxic relationships and toxic environments that create a toxic load or a toxic burden on the body. And this is where we hit our threshold, our threshold for what our body can metabolize and get rid of and what our body can't. And then it begins to build up. And that's when we start to see disease processes. So how does your body do this? Remember, toxins aren't just coming from the food that we eat. Yes, that's a great percentage of it, but it's also coming from our beauty products, the things that go on our skin, what we're breathing. It can come from our thoughts. Remember how your body breaks down things and what it produces hormonally, metabolically is producing end products, which can become free radicals. So toxic thoughts tend to produce toxic metabolites. The same thing goes with being in toxic relationships and environments. Really all of that is also creating a toxic load in the body as is stress in general. And so when we add all of that up, our detoxification pathways have a lot of work to do, right? Like it is not an easy job. And so what our detoxification pathway is, is it sits in our liver and basically everything that flows through our body has to get funneled through our liver where it's either broken down, it's used, or it's stored. When we have all these chemicals in our body, your body's starting to pump it through the liver. And there's two phases in the detoxification pathway, phase one and phase two with an intermediate phase. So what happens is these fat-soluble compounds come into the liver and it pushes it through phase one where it turns it into what some would consider a free radical, which then is supposed to enter phase two, which turns that free radical into a water-soluble compound that can 
leave the liver and go and be excreted by the body, right? So it can come out in sweat. It can come out in your urine and your bowel and your saliva and your respirations and breast milk. I mean, basically any water-soluble fluid, these toxins, these water-soluble toxins are no longer harmful and can leave your body. The problem is, is that when there's more toxins than can enter the detoxification pathways and it backs up, right? So then these toxins are left in your bloodstream. They're filtered to be stored in your fat cells. Um, They can interfere with your brain waves. I mean, there's lots of things that it can cause just lots of interference, inflammatory response. I mean, a lowering or weakening of the immune system. It really just causes a lot of harm in the body. So we don't want to have more toxins than the threshold in which our detoxification pathways can happen. On top of that, we don't want to see products enter phase one, but not be able to enter phase two, which is also another common problem where it gets stuck in this intermediate phase. And so things are getting pumped through phase one quickly, but they can't get into phase two, which causes a lot of free radical buildup in the body, which is a whole nother subject of problems. Detoxification is already happening, and that's what's so cool about the environment in which we live is that our body is designed to handle it. But it just can't always handle it at the load that we give it. So here's the thing about detoxification and the subject that I think goes hand in hand is that our body, while it has every means to do the detoxification pathway, it does need a little help from us. And that means just providing the environment for our body to do the job that it was designed. I love how Dr. Robert Z put it, who's an integrative medicine expert and medical director of Partners of Integrative Cancer Therapies in Prescott, Arizona. He states, how to engage in this lifelong process of detoxification. As a foundation, this involves eating healthy foods. This means organic, GMO-free foods. Herbs such as cilantro helps us eliminate metals such as lead and mercury. Other herbs like turmeric and garlic help to lower levels of inflammation that are often the underlying causes of chronic diseases. You can also use a host of other things like infrared saunas, just natural foods, a restful lifestyle to help guard against endocrine disruptors, which cause hormonal imbalances, osteoporosis, and increased cancer risk. He states, detoxification is a lifelong process. The body already knows how to do this. We just need to get out of the way and support it in doing what it already knows how to do. And that's really why I created the Simple Cleanse, was not to cleanse the body for it. Like we see all these liver cleanses and these colon cleanses. And while maybe in the short term that can be beneficial, in the long term it can really throw off what your body is already designed to do. My philosophy with health is never do the job your body was supposed to do, but let your body do it because it's going to do it so much better and without all the effort, right? Like it just does it subconsciously. You don't even have to think about it. You don't even know what's going on. But our job is to provide the right environment. And I think this is where we get flawed and this is where we get stuck, right? But here's the thing. It's not that difficult. It means lowering the toxic burden on our body. Providing it with more nutrition that's going to help nourish the detoxification pathway and nourish your cells to rest more because most of our detoxification is actually happening at night when our body has time to replenish and rejuvenate and restore the body back to functioning. And so there's lots and lots of different things that we could do that are so easy to incorporate into our life. We just have to learn them. And once we learn them, then we can start to live a healthier life and see some of the symptoms that maybe we're plagued with disappear and really just feel better. Now, the cool thing is once we learn to work with our body and cleanse with our body, not cleanse with our body, but create the environment that our body can cleanse better, 
what happens is that lasts for months and months and months. So not only does this just help in the 28 days, but it's going to help in months and months and months to come because it's creating an efficiency in your body. It's creating that space and it's creating the habits and routines in your own life to just naturally enhance the detoxification environment that your body needs to thrive. That's my little two cents on detoxification. If you're sluggish, if you have weight gain, If you have an inability to lose weight, if you have hormonal imbalances, if you have immune responses, if you have rashes or skin disorders or um, bowel troubles or gastrointestinal troubles, I mean, every symptom you could think of in the book, it is never going to hurt to cleanse your body the right way. And so if you want to learn more about that, you got to head over to the show notes at simplerootswellness.com backslash 111 where you can learn more. But in the meantime, I hope that you found this podcast valuable. I hope that what you learn is that you have to be your own advocate. Make decisions based on what are the priorities in your life. For me, it's always starting with animal products and then moving to process and then produce. But even more than produce, right, even more than buying organic is how do you create a healthy environment for your life, right? Relationships, the work environment, your home environment, and everything in between really does matter. But yes, where what you buy is a vote for what you support. So the more organic you buy, the more that's going to be grown and maybe eventually can drive the price down. But that's my two cents on if you should buy organic produce and what to buy. If you're worried about produce, make sure you check the Dirty Dozen Clean 15, which will also be in the show notes. And in all cases, you should always wash your produce. I have a fruit and veggie wash that you can find um, over on Instagram, which I'll link up again in the show notes. It's it's simple vinegar, hydrogen peroxide, and the grapefruit seed extract, which helps. If I'm buying conventional produce and I have the ability to wash it with soap, I will do that first. So you can just uh, float it in soapy water. Remember, a lot of these toxins and chemicals are fat soluble, and so you need some soap to break that down. Um, So again, some natural soap to help your body do that. But even just spraying it, um, letting it rinse off will help get rid of the fungus and parasites and other things that could be on there. So maybe it's a two-step process, but if I have an apple, I'll just squirt some hand soap wash my apple, rinse it off, and then you can enjoy it. So it's not that difficult. Okay, I know I I rambled a long time today, but I hope you found that beneficial. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, if you wanna join me in the cleanse, it's coming up in two short weeks. That's all the information can be found at simplerootswellness.com. It's called The Simple Cleanse, and it gives you the space. It teaches you how to create the space to let your body do the job that it was designed. It is so good. I can assure you that. And don't forget to email me if you have any questions. I can always be reached at alexa at simperitswellness.com. And I take pride in answering every single email that I receive. So thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow me along on Instagram, which is my favorite social media account, at Alexa Sherm. And if you have time and you like this podcast, head on over to iTunes at simperitswellness.com backslash review or find me on iTunes at Simperits Radio and leave a rating and review. I tell you every podcast because it really does mean the world to me and it really helps form and create the show that you want. So again, head on over to simplerootswellness.com backslash review and leave an honest rating and review. I would appreciate it so much. Okay, I will be back next week with another great episode on natural birth control. So you're gonna wanna stay tuned for that. In the meantime, don't forget to head over to simplerootswellness.com, check out the show notes and a new recipe that I'm posting live. Have a great rest of the week.